Hello and welcome to Scary Pair, a horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. And I am not a licensed mortician, Opal. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I think I would know if I got my license. I think you do a great job. Well, I've thought about it. <laughs> Alright, uh, this week we watched The Autopsy of Jane Doe uh, from 2016. That's directed by Andre Overdahl, starring Emil Hirsch, Brian Cox, and Olwyn Kelly. Uh, but Opal, what have we been up to this week? We saw a couple movies this week. Um, We saw, um, not a horror movie, but we saw uh, The Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. Uh, Irish movie, which was very uh, darkly funny. Yeah, I had a good time with it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's not... It is a like a dark comedy, uh, but it's not like exactly a feel good movie. No, uh, it's very Irish in that it's um, very sarcastic and sad. Yeah, uh, but I really liked it. Um, yeah, it's it's um, the same two lead actors from In Bruges, uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Michael Gleason. Uh, but I actually really liked the supporting actors in it as well. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I think everyone has a really good performance in that. Yeah. Um, deeply Irish movie. It's like set during the Irish Civil War, which is like kind of a background character in it. Um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, in a, if you like... As, a, as fun as it could be. Yeah. But you, it, it's a really good movie. If you like a kind of dark, sarcastic humor, I think you'll have a good time with it. So. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good time with it. Uh, we, I don't know. We've also been watching, we watched a George Carlin documentary and then we've been following that up with some of his stand-up specials. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the HBO doc about George Carlin. It's always nice to know when someone you think is cool was actually like kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. I think my favorite thing, just like learning about him from that doc is he just has a cool relationship with his wife and it's not often like celebrities are like that. So that was very cool. Yeah. I, I mean, like. Comedians, successful or not, are kind of a rare breed, you know. Some of them get a, a big head, but other ones don't as much. It's no. kind of it's kind of a crapshoot which one you're dealing with. Yeah, but uh, always enjoyed Carlin stuff, so it was nice to. Even if all biographies are kind of like puff pieces, I still felt like uh, I learned more about him as a character, and it yeah, got me interested yeah. in some of his stuff, like reinvigorated about yeah. it. So highly intelligent guy had a lot of very pertinent things to say and he would be very disappointed in where our society is yeah uh <laughs> he, he would be uh putting out some some bangers today that's all i gotta say uh, if he was still going uh we also watched jurassic world dominion oh it was uh not a good choice <laughs> it was mostly because it was free on streaming uh it sucked it sucked real bad yeah um, i mean we've seen the other two just kind of well, the first one was mostly out of curiosity because I had seen all of the Jurassic Parks and I was like, oh, well, maybe, you know. And then the second one sucked a lot and then I'm like, these can burn in hell. And then I saw the third one anyway. The third one is like, there's not a single line from the original Jurassic Park movie that they do not like trot out as like a reference. Like, don't you don't you remember how much you love this movie? I, um, <laughs> the funniest part about that movie is it's about, is they make Dodson a character. Fucking yeah. Dodson. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the main antagonist of the movie. We got Dodson here. I'm surprised no one said that the entire time. 
I'm really surprised. They do, like, trot out, like, the canister and everything. Yeah, that's his one accessory you get in the Dodson action figure kit, is you get the the, the (laughs) shaving cream. Yeah, um, just, like, a deeply disrespectful movie. Um, I mean, the one thing is, like, I'm kind of, like, a dinosaur nerd, and I was a little bit curious, like... They, they, I, I, ba- I think they basically advertised this one as we got, we put a bunch of them in this one. <laughs> you, you won't believe what weird dinosaurs we put in this one. So that was kind of like piquing my curiosity a little bit to see what they did with it. It's, it's not earned. No, they're, they're mostly just there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not even really a movie about dinosaurs. It's a movie about Monsanto. <laughs> kind of, but they don't really do anything with it the the like central plot does not make any sense in like a in like a cinema sinzy way but also like if you like look at it for two seconds it just crumbles um it's like a deeply marvel brained movie in the worst way uh and not just because chris pratt's in, in it uh he sucks uh there was just really not anything the acting is bad the writing is bad there's like a child actor who's not given anything as like the central crux of the movie um just not a great time i don't think they even had to give jeff goldblum a script he's just doing the jeff goldblum thing he does in all his interviews when he responds to anything so well he's still kind of not not even like sam neill and laura dern were fun no they're phoning it in yeah um but yeah you can't be disappointed if you don't have expectations. I don't know if that's true in this case. It was it was really bad. Oh, but it was funny to watch together. You know, it was. we did we did we do enjoy laughing at a bad movie, so we did get that value out yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, but then we also watched a good movie. Uh, we watched Possessor. Possessor by Brandon Cronenberg. See, we did a Cronenberg this week, but there's an asterisk next to it. <laughs> it's the other one. I liked it. I liked it a lot, too. I mean, it's very interesting how you can compare the two's work, in a way. It's very similar to David's stuff, but in, like, a different flavor. It's definitely a different flavor, while still I can see the connection. Um... I I am... I was really interested because I'm more interested in his movie that's coming out this year, 2023. Uh, He's doing... um, He's doing Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool. Yeah. Which um, has a crazy cast, which I'm pretty interested in. Yeah, um, I like this one. Kind of like, I don't want to give too much away with the premise, but basically it's like uh, uh, people do um, like a mind control assassinations. The premise is fascinating enough on its own and also why I wanted to see it. It, it. Just the blurb that you get on any page about the movie is crazy <laughs> so sean you kind of you kind of know what you're in for sean bean shows up for like 15 minutes to be a vampy asshole and i loved it oh he's a jackass i, I love it i love sean bean playing a bad guy yeah. uh i'm a big fan of uh the 1980s movie ronin uh where he's just a bad guy in that one yeah uh he's got a punchable face anyway just overall good time <laughs> definitely recommend that one um and that's our movies yeah. Basically for this week. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into some more movies this following week. Definitely. I would love to watch some more. I'm trying to think of like what's at the top of our list right now. 
I don't know. We've gone, we've been going through our lists so fast, but I, I definitely have a watch list that we can consult. Yeah, we're probably going to end up rewatching Barbarian. Yeah, I do want to rewatch Barbarian. I think that would be really fun because we talked about doing so. Yeah, I don't know how much we'll have to say about it on the podcast since we already covered it, but no, we probably won't have to mention it. But we we can mention that we we re- rewatched it and maybe some unresolved feelings <laughs> behind that. If there's any highlights, we can go back to those. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our movie for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Autopsy of Jane Doe. So the director, uh, Andre Overdahl, uh, his first feature was Troll Hunter. I have not shown you this movie, but it is fascinating. I know it's like a wacky found footage Norwegian movie. It is a pseudo documentary. And because it's Norwegian, it's about trolls. Right. It's about actual 20 foot tall trolls. Yeah. Maybe Um, bigger. I think they might be bigger than that at times. uh, It's varying sizes of trolls and varying degrees of threat level. They just exist among you. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, this is his follow-up to it. He had like a movie in development after it that fell through and got like some studio offers to do more found footagey stuff. But I guess he decided he wanted to do more of like a straight up horror movie. I'm really glad this isn't found footage. Yeah. Um, so he did this one. He's also gone on to do uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Which we saw in theaters together. Yeah, that was okay. It's okay. Um, there are parts of it that I like a lot. There are sections of it that I think are better than others. But overall, it's alright. Overall, yeah. Um, this, the I guess this story about this movie. Um, a lot of people praise the script for it. It was on the annual blacklist for 2013. Uh, which, I didn't know what this is until I did the research for this movie. That's like a list of unproduced film scripts that are most liked by various like production and studio executives um these have like everything from oscar winning movies on them to like complete trash like uh some examples of of uh blacklist uh scripts would be bird box the prestige slumdog millionaire uh the menu Interesting. Fascinating. Uh, in 2023's upcoming Knock at the Cabin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about that one. But some truly some truly bad ones on there, like Stop Loss is a blacklist movie. Uh, so is American Sniper. I mean, are, are we categorizing Bird Box with the good ones? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some actual good ones on there. Um, That's really interesting, though. Yeah, you can just, like, go... So it's like, it's like Goodwill. You don't know what you're gonna find. <laughs> well, you can just like actually go and like look at like a a short like description of these scripts online. They like publish the list every year, so it's it's a little bit interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, I guess um, since over, I was kind of looking for like a simple sort of classic horror film. Uh, the studio sent him this script, and he really liked it. Um, and then. Kind of from there, his first choice of casting was Brian Cox. Great choice. Who off the bat? Yeah, I'll always think of him as being in uh, some of my favorite mid two thousands films as a kid, such as The Born Identity, <laughs> uh, X Two, uh, X Men Two, and Troy. Okay, 
Uh, but he's been in a ton of stuff. He's yeah. like a classically trained theater guy. Oh, yeah. Um, um, pretty dope. Uh, his co-star, uh, Emile Hirsch, is like one of the... He's got one of those like teen heartthrob, too serious actor type careers. Like one of his breakout movies was The Girl Next Door. Oh, God. I know what that is. Yeah. I don't want to remember that movie. Uh, he was also in like Speed Racer. He was also really interestingly he had a small part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We have not seen that yet, which I I do want to see, but yeah, um, eventually one day I can definitely see like the arc of his career that lands him in this movie. He's yeah, that's he's interesting. Got, he's got an interesting screen presence. You you definitely pick up on the kind of like teen heartthrob, Teen Choice Award winner uh, DNA in his performance. Yeah, he's not a bad looking dude, not my type or whatever, but you know. Yeah. Uh, and then Olwen Kelly playing uh, Jane Doe is an Irish actress. She hasn't really been in anything, as you would kind of expect for this part. Well, um, <laughs> you don't have to do a lot. Um, I, I think it is cool that they got like an actual actress for it. And it's not like all prosthetics, though. Like, I think for the movie, that decision makes a lot of sense when you think about it. We will get into maybe why, but... Yeah, um, I guess just kind of like the... the super brief intro of this is basically uh, a father-son coroner duo uh, receive a haunted corpse to do an autopsy on. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, a well, horror movie ensues. Kind of haunted. Vaguely haunted. Effectively haunted. <laughs> uh, we'll get into it. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the story of how this movie got made. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty good. Yeah, I I enjoyed it my second time around. I have seen it before. You had not, but you wanted to after hearing yeah. about it. It's like a really manageable eighty minutes. I think it like gets moving. Yeah. Um. Brian Cox as like the dad is fantastic, mm-hmm. as we already mentioned. Um, uh, I really like his performance. I think it. He's really good. Yeah. I think it really kind of like keeps the movie moving. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, believable dad figure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that kind of just leads us into our summary. Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, so we open with dirt. <laughs> I asked you to open with this because the, the, uh, the, the title, title screen sequence is just dirt. Dirt, yeah. Um, but very quickly, um, we're at a house in Grantham, Virginia, uh, and crime scene investigators are taking photos of a multiple murder scene. Virginia represents <laughs> your home state. Uh, the sheriff is like getting pulled out to talk to news people. Like that's the level of murder this is. There's like at least four bodies. Um, I think later we get confirmed it's four. Multiple murder. Yeah. How uh, many a murder? One of them is a woman who's half buried in the basement. Uh, she's an unidentified Jane Doe. She looks good. Uh, and they mentioned that uh, there's nothing stolen and it's not a break-in. In fact, one of the deputies is like, <laughs> Sheriff, to me, it looks like they were trying to break out. <laughs> uh, cut to, we're in the family morgue. Uh, you can tell it's a family-style situation because there are family pictures up on the wall. There's, like, weird wallpaper <laughs> in the elevator. Uh, it's, it's, got... a, it's a really old elevator, too. Yeah. Uh, cut to rock and roll music and a burn victim as father and son duo uh, Tommy and Austin uh, are at work. Um, you know, morgue stuff. 
Yeah, uh, they're they're arguing about the cause of death, which uh, at first appears to be a simple death by smoke inhalation, but is actually head trauma. Well, that'll do it. I thought this is like kind of interesting. This kind of like I looked up a couple interviews, and they they all described this as like Sherlock Holmes investigating type <laughs> thing, but it's like all very basic. Like, but the dad definitely has like you get the feeling that like. He's been in the game for a while. He knows everything, like, almost before he sees it, because he's got, like, this, like, archive of dead bodies in his head. And the son's kind of, like... Learning yeah. a little bit. Yeah, not not all the way in it at that level. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's just uh, simple observation could tell you these things. Exactly. Uh, Austin has a movie date. Uh, and Dad is reminiscing about seeing The Notebook with uh, <laughs> Mom. Um, Spoilers for The Notebook, by the way. For real. Uh, their cat, uh, Stanley, brings in a dead mouse. Oh, it's a, it's a really fat cat. This seems unsanitary. I was just gonna tell you, I don't know if a morgue is the best place for a cat or the worst place for a cat. I don't think you want a cat just roaming around your morgue with, like, dead bodies out on the table. Because pests are, like, the last thing you want, but also I don't think you want the cat either. Yeah, like, you're gonna get cross-contamination. I, yeah. Yeah. If you're a cat at a morgue, tell us. I wanna know. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess, like, this is just uh, hammering home that it's, like, a kind of run-down old building, right? Because they have rats and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like a bodega cat who sits on the chips. You just accept it, even though he's getting his butt germs everywhere. Right. Because it's a cute kitty it's cat. It's a cute kitty cat. And he's got a job to do. That's right. Uh, Austin goes to investigate a strange noise. We get some nice, creepy shots of him walking around to this uh, morgue here. It's a pretty spooky old building. It is. I think it's more beautiful than anything. I love kind of like weird old buildings like this. Definitely. Um, but, oh no, his uh, girlfriend has snuck up on him. It's one of those fake horror movie jump scares where someone jumps out and goes, boo! This is like straight, this is like a gag straight out of like a Final Destination movie. I don't know if they do that a lot in Final Destination. It's I, always ghost movies. I feel like they're always doing it. It is always ghost movies, you're See? right. Um, she seems like real interested in this third generation uh, morgue. She's like, hey, can I see a dead body? Uh, and then dad comes in and he's like, go for it. <laughs> yeah, if anything, the son is like, I don't know about this. Are you sure you want to see a dead body? I, I don't, I think this is like an interesting relationship here. Like, I can't tell if dad is like trying to scare the girlfriend off a little bit. Or if he's like trying to see like, hey, are you actually interested in my son who's going to run, who he wants to like run the morgue one day kind of Maybe a thing. My my understanding of dad's, it's a... It's a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> she, he wants to see how she responds. Yeah. Um, they have some nice exposition here about how uh, corpses wear a bell around their toe uh, so that if somebody wasn't actually dead, you would hear the ringing. Yeah. Uh, and Dad's just old-fashioned, so he still does that. Yeah. We get to see the bodies that they have cataloged, just in case you might want to know what they look like. Exactly. Uh, they They pull out two of them. Uh, one is a woman with her mouth and eyes sewn shut. That's something you do. I'm pretty sure. In, in, in morgues? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the other one is a guy who has blown his face off with a shotgun. Uh, 
But uh, apparently, they they say that they found strychnine first, so he was dead before someone blew his head off. Ah, you see. And that man's name was Kirk. <laughs> was Kirk Cobain? <laughs> I didn't remember. This is you made this joke while we were watching, and then you forgot. <laughs> Aren't I fucking stupid? Um. That's so funny, you stole it from me. Uh, so anyway, uh, Emma, the girlfriend, is like, hey, let's go watch our movie, um, when all of a sudden the sheriff pulls up with a new body, uh, and he needs he needs a cause of death by the next morning. Uh, so Austin's like, well, I'm gonna have to call off our date, uh, which kind of pisses his girlfriend off. She's like, but you're, you're gonna, like, leave your dad anyway, like, why haven't you told him yet? It's only been two years. So you you get this family dynamic immediately, where uh, he clearly doesn't want to leave his dad. Right, uh, and something has happened, presumably to do with the mom. Right, like that's the first thing your mind goes yeah, to because yeah. she hasn't like appeared yet. Um, Austin is like the son. He's like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. I'll just do this autopsy real quick. We'll catch the late show. Haha, <laughs> you're so hot. I don't know how fast autopsies are for this to be feasible. <laughs> This is this is like where I'm really seeing the Teen Choice Awards DNA, by the way, <laughs> yeah, where he's yeah. just telling the, this this girl like you're hot, by the way. Oh, you're so hot! As she like storms off because she's mad at him. Yeah, uh, he's right. I mean, he the, can say it. The sheriff intros the body, which is to say, there is no intro. Um, there's he's like you figure it out. There's four people dead. There's no real explanation. He needs a cause of death by tonight. Um, the sheriff is played by uh, Michael Mickelhaden, uh a.k.a. Roos Bolton from Game of Thrones. Sure, sure. He's doing a southern accent in this movie, which I think is, like, so weird for him, <laughs> but I really kind of enjoyed. Well, I just We are in Virginia. I just enjoyed seeing him on screen as this character. I thought it was really fun. Uh, as opposed to a Bolton. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, also, the cat is real freaked out by the dead body. Yeah, this cat does not like her. Cue the rock music. It's time for the autopsy. Uh, the corpse, Jane Doe, has no outward signs of trauma, but it's weird. Um, her eyes are all cloudy, like she's been dead for days, but there's no rigor mortis that's set in. Uh, I'm just going to go through a bunch of descriptions of this dead body, because yeah, that's what we get let's here. let's go through the checklist, shall we? Uh, her ankles and wrists are fractured, but there's no damage on the outside. Uh, she has peat under her nails like the cold peat uh we're running out by the way yeah they're like hey there's none of this nearby it would be like up north um no i'm saying it's like running out also <laughs> we're, we're running out baby. of it <laughs> yeah uh her tongue has been cut out uh dad slash tommy i guess is, is the character's name is reminded of an old sex trafficking case um a- which that must have been nuts. Yeah. <laughs> if he's comparing it to this. Yeah. Uh, a fly crawls out of her nose, which earns no comment. Uh, she also has a missing molar and a string in her mouth. Uh, the mystery unravels. Nice one. Uh, thunder cracks as they continue. Uh, they swab her pussy and she's like all fucked up in there. All fucked up in the pussy. Yeah, that is uh, that's clinical terms, medical that we would describe it as. The son's like, hey, maybe the sex trafficking theory is checking out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That. 
Uh, so time for stage two of the autopsy. They're going to cut her open. Uh, but as soon as they're like about to make the incision, the radio starts acting up. Yeah, this is a fully like a dark and stormy night at yeah. a morgue, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Which is the best setting possible, we can all agree. We can all agree. It's really setting the tone. Um, they cut her open. She immediately starts bleeding like someone who's only been dead for like an hour or two. Yeah, um, she starts bleeding pretty bad. Pretty alarmingly. Immediately, they find like some weird tissue on the inside of her. Uh... And hey, wait a minute, why is the fridge over there dripping a bunch of blood out of it? The, like, organ fridge that they have with all the blood samples. He pulls out, like, a giant bag of something dripping, and I don't know what that is. Why do you, I don't think he why do you have that? what that is. Maybe that is his fault. Uh, they cut out her ribs, which are all fucked up, like she's worn a corset for years. Okay, they pull out the ribs. <laughs> <laughs> And it fully looks like a rack of ribs you eat at cookout. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, that makes me hungry a little bit. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, they also say that her lungs are blackened, like she's a burn victim. But since there's no outward burn signs, they say, it's like finding a bullet in her brain with no gunshot wound. Make me hungrier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. So her internal organs are covered in scar tissue. Uh, at one point they're talking about like, hey, if you had all this like inward trauma, we would expect like your outer body to be like disfigured and mangled. You would think Um, that, wouldn't you? You'd like to think that. Um, I would like to. They determine that this is more consistent with like heavy duty torture than like a simple murder, basically. Uh, All of a sudden there's a bang upstairs. So, uh, son Austin heads up to investigate. Uh, he thinks he sees an entity in the mirror? Yeah, they have these, like, reflective mirrors that we debated for a second why you would have one in the mortuary. I I guess the the idea is you can, like, see around the corner, but, like, two people work here. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, we kind of debated. It's, like, the same reason hospitals might have it, so you don't bump into someone with a bunch of, like, heavy or sharp equipment or something. I don't know. But in like a little family business like this, it seems odd. It it serves a good purpose to have just a guy standing there. In the reflection. But then you turn the corner and there's no one there. There's no one there. There's no one there. Uh, Downstairs, dad examines uh, the body further and wonders aloud, what happened to you? (laughs) Uh, What happened to you? What happened to you? Dad nicks himself uh, and son looks around a storage closet as all of a sudden there are strange noises coming from the vents. Uh, son investigates and falls over when something scurries by, uh, and Dad shows up like, hey, you're alright, when they find that R.I.P. Uh, Stanley the Cat has been attacked by something in the vents, um, and Dad, um, Mercy kills him, and they, they cremate the body. Still not sure what this could be. Something's scurrying around in the vents, I don't know. Like, even at the end of the movie, it's like, what was that? I don't know, maybe they have, like, some creature in there. <laughs> there's a there's a creature in your vents. Um, I think this is interesting to mention because uh, animal death isn't exactly uncommon in horror movies like this, right? Like especially kind of like supernatural as, things. As or soon as things. we saw the cat, we were like, "This cat's probably probably no, biting it." Usually, when you see an animal, its fate is not good. But I think this case is interesting because it's actually kind of like treated with sadness. 
for a little while and we like ruminate on it, which is kind of rare. Yeah. I feel like we just move on from it a lot in movies. So yeah. see- seeing them like holding the cat was kind of sad. Well, they specifically have a line here where um, uh, the dad says like, the cat was basically one of the last things of your mother's I had left. Yeah. Right? Which kind of, it's not even just necessarily the the cat. It's all of like the, the interpersonal relationships tied up in the pet. Right? So. You can like your cat too. I think it's okay to do this for <laughs> just your cat. It yeah. doesn't have to be the symbol of your dead both. wife. Yeah. It can just be your cat. Um, we're back in the autopsy room to open up the organs and, uh, Austin is like, Hey dad, you know, you don't have to act like you're fine with mom being dead, but dad just brushes him off. Like Uh, a dad. Like a dad would. Can't feel for too long. Uh, inside the corpse's stomach, they find a flower from up north, which, uh, they describe as a paralyzing agent. Uh. Specifically gypsum weed. Yeah. Uh, the storm is really kicking up now, and the son is like, hey, you know, maybe we should call it quits for the night. But dad's like, no, I gotta finish the job. <laughs> we gotta finish the job. Sheriff needs a COD by morning. <laughs> he cares a lot about what the sheriff thinks. Uh, also inside Jane's uh, stomach, they find her molar, uh, which has been wrapped up in a cloth bearing like a magical circle. They keep finding goodies inside this one. <laughs> Like, she is a gotcha pawn. You don't know what you're gonna get. There's stuff shoved all up inside there. Yeah. A uh, bag of holding. At this point, they decide to just break down the totality of the torture. Uh, the tongue's been ripped out. She's been poisoned, paralyzed, for- forced to swallow her own tooth, uh, cut up on the inside, uh, and then had her internal organs burned. Scientifically speaking, they fucked this woman up. Real bad. Um... The radio's acting up and getting all worse as uh, the storm also does the same. Uh, the son is like, all right, <laughs> I'm spooked. We should get out of here. But dad's like, oh, hold on. Let me just pull back her skin real quick. And on the inside of her skin are tattoos of more like magical symbols and, and yeah. uh, writing and stuff like that. I can't say that I don't have things like that inside of me. It's pretty creepy. It's pretty creepy. It's pretty creepy. I kind of want to know how they did some of this. Like, obviously, it's kind of prosthetic parts somewhere. It, like in the cavity, it probably is. But I want to know like where that starts and where she begins. Yeah, because they did scenes with both of like having an actual actress on the table, especially for the close-ups of her face. Yeah, I think um, it looks really good. That's what makes it me curious about how they did it. Yeah, I, I think they did a great job with the corpse looking creepy and scary. It, it sure does look corpsey. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think, like, spending so much time breaking down her wounds in a kind of clinical way is also scary in, like, its own way. Like It's creepy, yeah. I think the individual things are, like, not that scary, but kind of the sum of the parts starts to get really... Everything, yeah. yeah. Um, the music from the radio at this point builds to a crescendo. Uh... And the morgue cabinet door swings open as all of the overhead fluorescent lights in the room explode. Yeah, like they do. Um, Which you're expecting this shit to go balls to the wall eventually, and this is that point. Yeah. Um, It's still, although I will say there's still like a tiny bit of plausible deniability that it's just the really bad storm outside, right? All of them at once, though? Yeah, no, it's definitely creepy. Um, Well, the the plausible deniability... Stops right here yeah. <laughs> after this point when we see what else there is. 
So uh, father and son are like, let's fucking split. Um, but the power's out. The like elevator doesn't work. Um, and when they try and get out the basement door, they find that like a tree has fallen outside. Not just that. Oh, we've skipped over a point. He he turns his flashlight towards the the corpse lockers, whatever you call them. They're empty. Oh, are they empty? Yes, they're empty. Okay, I thought they were just like kind of hanging open. I didn't realize that. Nope, part. they're fully open and they are now empty. Um, they just got up and walked away. So all of a sudden they hear footsteps, so they make for their office. Um, they try to call the sheriff to come bail them out, but the line goes dead. Um, and at this point, they hear the toe bell. The ding-a-ling-a-ling. Uh, son goes to investigate, and there's a loud banging outside the door. Uh, at this point, uh, the son seems convinced that... Uh, the corpse of Jane Doe is outside. It's her. Everything was fine until Burke wheeled her through the door until we cut into her. Um, and he kind of so talks about he kind of talks about how she's not just like a body. He made a comment earlier that like she's not just a cause of death, Dad. Someone did this to her. Like he thinks about like her history a little bit more than maybe like his dad does as like the hardened like mm, you th- he, maybe he medical examiner with her a little bit. Well, I think the idea is the son is a little bit more looking at it as, like, this is, like, a person that something happened to, and the dad's, like, more about this is just about the job kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, He's, like, burying any of that, like, empathy as part of doing his job, but the son is, like, not quite there. Yeah. That's interesting, because I think it kind of switches later on. Well, and that kind of translates also to their relationship about uh, the the dead mom as well. Because the the son is like, hey, dad, you know, it's okay to not be okay, but he's just, just kind of burying it down. Uh, a ghost or body or something traps dad in the bathroom. The shadow man. Uh, son comes to the rescue and dad says the attacker's eyes were gray. Like her eyes. Uh. (laughs) The shadow man. The shadow man's behind you. Look out. Uh, they comment that we are way past possible at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Once you, uh, know your corpses just got up and (laughs) walked away, (laughs) I think we can stop talking about how plausible something is. They decide at this point they're gonna leave the office when they discover uh, a bloody cloth, just like the one covering the gunshot victim's face from earlier. Yeah, we, uh, specifically did not show you what his face (laughs) looks like. Right. Uh, they head back to the morgue and find that the organs they've taken out of Jane Doe have rapidly decomposed like she was preserving them. Yeah, they just kind of melted. Uh, they decide, okay, we're going to burn her, uh, in the crematorium, but all of a sudden they are locked in to the morgue. Um, the son decides to hack at the door with an axe and through the hole he sees the face of the woman with her eyes and mouth sewn shut. Of course. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, She's is, around. This is sick. Uh, the son just says, fuck it, and douses the Jane Doe's body with alcohol as Dad uh, lights up a match and uh, sets her aflame. See, I kind of forgot that this was like a, a somewhat zombie movie. A little bit, with like the dead bodies moving around. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about them. They don't show them on screen that much. No, not that much. I, do, I don't think they rely on them too much, which I think is good. Yes, I agree. Uh... Very quickly, the whole morgue goes up, uh, and though they put out the surrounding fire with a fire extinguisher, Jane Doe's body just seems to put itself out. Yeah. Uh, and there's no sign of a burn anywhere on her. 
Uh, She's flawless. No one doesn't like her. They hear outside the elevator turn back on, so they grab the axe and just make a run for it. Um, but uh, the elevator leaves, and they uh, wait for it as like some kind of corpse is wandering down the hall after them. Uh, this is some good like suspense here with the shots of like yeah. the corpse kind of like wandering down the hallway. The music is really kicking up. You hear like the toe bell ringing. Yeah, you you hear it getting closer, and also it, it is the the gunshot guy, and all the lights seem to go out as soon as he uh, approaches. So you don't get to see what he looks like until he gets there. Right, uh, which I I think is fun. Uh, the elevator turns back on, and uh, Dad drags uh, the sun back in, only for it to be shut down again. Uh, part of the way opened up. I am not trusting this old ass elevator <laughs> in in these conditions. How do you not have a stairwell? I yeah, I don't know. Uh, so the creature like outside is wandering up to them. So Dad uh, swings an axe outside the door. Uh, but when they check outside to see what they hit, it turns out it was Emma, the girlfriend from earlier. Um. Yeah. Old bait and switch. Yeah. Um, Dad drags his son back into the elevator as it starts up again, only for it to shut down when they are partway up. My one one gripe here. It sounds like he's really trying to get this cry out. You think so? He's kind of (laughs) heaving it out a little bit. Yeah, he's distraught. I mean... Well... The performance on the cry, maybe not perfect. I... I say this with love. Whenever I criticize a performance, I wasn't buying it fully. Yeah. Um, They're uh, trapped in the elevator now, just kind of sitting down. Uh, The son is blaming himself for his girlfriend coming back for him. He's like, I told her to come back for me. Um, And dad is like telling an anecdote about dead mom. Uh, It's very apparent that like he blames himself for mom being dead. He says that like, he should have seen how unhappy she was. Like, maybe she committed suicide or something yeah. like that. Um, at this point, uh, the son's like, hey, why hasn't the Jane Doe just killed us yet? Like, she clearly could have. Yeah, good question. Uh, and at this point, it's time for the movie to take kind of a funny expository swing. <laughs> um, they determined that uh, it's because... This is this is the funniest the movie gets when it tries to explain everything <laughs> yeah. at once. Uh, uh, they basically determine that the only way to stop her is they've got to finish the autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> we got to finish the job. Uh, so they leave the elevator and cover up Emma's corpse and they uh, wander into like some fog or smoke in one of the hallways. It's, it's from the crematorium going off, so it's smoke. Okay. Uh... At this point, uh, Dad gets ganked by a uh, zombie. Yeah. Uh, we can just call them zombies. Yeah. Uh, Austin comes to his rescue, and they barricade themselves once more inside the morgue. Uh, at this point, they continue the autopsy. Uh, it's time to cut open her skull and inspect her brain. Uh, and when they uh, cut off a piece of it and look at it under the microscope, they find that her brain cells are still active. She's still alive. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, at this point, the son very conveniently folds over the cloth from earlier and finds... Oh, yeah, uh, he folds it in a very specific way, and he's like, no. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but it would have been funny. No, the, best part, the best part is he's like, it spells out 
Leviticus 2027. It's and It's been there the whole time. And he's like pointing at the cloth on screen and you're looking at the writing like You sure? You sure? <laughs> You say I'm, so, I'm buddy. Like, I'm like squinting with my tiny glasses and in front like, of my face. Yeah, I'm I'm that uh, that uh, image of the woman like squinting, like, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as well as uh, the Roman numerals for the year 1693. Yeah. Uh, Good year. Uh, they read uh, the passage from Leviticus because Dad has a Bible nearby. Yeah, he has every <laughs> book that you could ever need on this specific situation. Yeah, uh, which reads, Any man or woman who insults the spirits of the dead shall be put to death, for they are... And then the son is like, 17th century, northeast. North- <laughs> New England. New England. <laughs> <laughs> he really does say, New England. <laughs> like that. As Dad reads out, a witch... Uh, and the blood shall be on their own hands. Uh, and it turns out that Jane Doe is a witch who was tortured during the uh, Salem, Salem Witch, witch Trials. trials. Uh, and she was an innocent woman who was branded as a witch. Uh, and she's keeping them alive so that she can feel her revenge because she wants them to feel her pain. Uh, she's been killing people past the grave. She is a vengeful spirit corpse. Yeah, she was. she was innocent, but then... As part of the ritual, they created the thing they were trying to kill. They pushed her too far. (laughs) Uh, So Dad is convinced they need to, like, find some kind of way to, like, end her suffering. Uh, When all of a sudden he convulses uh, as his wrists and ankles break, just like the corpses. Yeah, you can see he's checking on his wounds from earlier in the progression. It looks like a... His ribs are broken. Yeah. Like, he, he's got bruising up and down yeah. his body. Uh, and there are, like, stabbing sounds? Uh, and he breathes smoke uh, as all of a sudden we see Jane Doe's blood, like, seeping back into her. Yeah. And her eyes go from cloudy to, like, normal. Yeah. Dad starts vaping. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, like, riding on the ground and begging for death. Uh, and Austin uh, puts him out of his misery, stabs him in the chest. Um, and breaks down. Uh, as all of a sudden, all of the lights come back on and the radio starts back up. Uh, and he thinks he can hear the sheriff's voice outside. Uh, he tells him to open up and let the sun shine in. And all of a sudden, it's the song that the yeah. radio's been playing yeah. this whole time. It's the same song over and over again. It's like, <laughs> she's chosen this, like jaunty specific song yeah. because I guess Jane Doe has a sense of irony. It's her theme music. Yeah, she. it's a strange one to pick, but I, I, I won't blame her. My it's God! Her. Is that Jane Doe's music? It is her music! <laughs> when she enters the ring, that's what plays. Uh, and Austin, like, falls backward, like, off like a railing and, like, hits his head to yeah. his death. He gets jump-scared by uh, his dead dad. Yeah. Um... The uh, cut to the next morning. Uh, the sheriff is there investigating the scene. Uh, he just won't believe that Austin killed his dad and his girlfriend, and then I guess himself. Uh, he wouldn't be like that, though. That's how it seems. Um, he tells the deputy to get Jane Doe out of his county. He tell he tells he tells her to take her to VCU. Yeah, and uh, the the radio also says. We've had a beautiful, straightforward days of sun. Beautiful sun. The weather could not be more beautiful, so everything was just imagined. 
Exactly. Uh, as uh, the deputy transporting the body is listening to the radio, which suddenly switches to the music oh from God! earlier. Is that Jane Doe's music? <laughs> uh, as the camera pans over Jane Doe down to her toes, which wiggle and the bell sounds, and we cut to credits. She could do that the whole time. <laughs> she just chose not to. Uh, so yeah, that's the movie. That is the autopsy of Jane Doe. I really enjoyed it. I think it's very fun. I think it's just a fun little time of like a scary movie. I think it's just a straight up decent ghost movie. Yeah. Um, it plays it completely straight, which I'm pretty happy with. You know, the everyone like we talked about how like it's kind of funny that a bunch of the movies on like the blacklist of scripts or whatever were yeah. like pretty bad or whatever. <laughs> but you can tell like this is a good script. It's a fun script. I mean, yeah. it's all in one location, basically. I can't imagine it being, like, that expensive to shoot for that reason. I mean, there's right. a little bit of effects. There's some practical stuff. But, I mean, three actors, one place. Yeah. It's not that, like, many moving parts. Yeah. Exactly. I kind of appreciate just, like, how small the movie is. and how, I like, like that, too. I like the, um, I like the kind of nods and respect that it kind of has for like the mortician profession like it is very kind of matter of fact in what that looks like yes there was like a lot of attention to detail in this movie about that like they had a medical examiner on set like advising them i Um, think you can definitely tell they also had like cox and hirsch do like background in like a real morgue ahead of shooting um to kind of get like an idea um and, like, the special effects people also did a ton of research. Like, apparently they had a joke about, like, researching, like, what would uh, someone from 1690s pubic hair be like? <laughs> She's got some bush, okay? So. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. It's not perfect. Um, no, it's not. I think the expository stuff can be a little bit silly. And, and it's, it's a bit jump scary and hammy at times, but... Overall, I think it's fun just, like, as an experience. Like, as a, ro- a roller coaster that you can get on and get off. Yeah, and like I said, it's, like, pretty pretty short. It's only, like, 80 minutes. For uh, sure, it, yeah. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, I think, yeah, Hirsch's performance isn't all that great, but I think it's, like, more than made up for by having Brian Cox. Brian Cox um, is really good. That that can be said. Yeah, um... It's just, it's it's snappy, it moves along. Um, yeah, the, like, goofy Salem Witch trial stuff is, like, pretty ham-fisted and, like, over-expository bit, for sure. But, I mean, I, I don't find myself detesting it because they don't, they don't, uh, they don't sit on that point very long before the movie just ends. Also, so. I feel like there's a lot of other stuff that is kind of left to the imagination earlier. Um, I mean, they don't fully explain everything, that's for sure. No, like, they don't fully explain, like, the situation with their mom. Um, There's not too much talking about that. Um, We don't talk at all about the other victims at the beginning of the movie. I mean, that's just left to whatever you think, so. Yeah, um, there's a lot that's, like, implied, uh, which is pretty good. I think the movie looks good, Mm -hmm. also. Um, We definitely like this set, this, like, um, old creepy house that they're in i like the set i do i like the idea of like oh we're doing a horror movie in a little family like mortuary i feel like it feels almost too obvious that i feel like maybe more movies don't go for this for, for like scary movies they don't go for like the morgue or the graveyard you know but i think i think it's a lot of fun i think there should be more 
to the point where uh, there's a certain video game that's maybe yeah, pulling from this yeah. movie a little bit. I mean, I I know a little bit about the Mortuary Assistant, but it looks a lot like this movie in my opinion. I think, I mean, I know that there are things that are different about it, but it's very, very similar to the point where they are going to make a movie based on the Mortuary <laughs> Assistant. And I think it's probably... I Like, the plot and mechanics are different, but I think it's going to look very, very similar to this one, which I found very funny. And, I mean, we should say there is a difference between, like, a, a medical examiner's office and morgue to a mortuary. Like a... No, I mean, I I think that uh, the mortuary assistant looks like a, it is a family-owned, kind of, like, wooden... Right small but that that kind of vibe of like you're here there are dead bodies here it's a lot of it's matter of fact but also the experience of like playing a game and like trying to do your your mortician tasks around these (laughs) spooky happenings is also like a completely different experience so i don't know why you want to make a movie out of it but i mean i feel like the inspiration is a bit clear even if i didn't find a direct connection i found a lot of people talking about how similar they are online, but no one's really like come forward and said anything. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's just a good vibe, uh, and it's a really like nicely sized movie as well. Mm-hmm. Like I could watch a lot of horror movies that are about this long and have about this much going on and have just a good time. Yeah, it's um, it's fairly simple. Yeah, should we talk about our ratings? Our ratings. Uh, first off is the spookiness rating. How good were the scares and the vibes? I think this may be a four. It's definitely like in the three four range. Um, I think I, I really like the techniques that are going on. Um, I think one of my favorite scares from this movie is perhaps borrowed and the best moment of scary stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> But I really enjoy that vibe of something approaching you yeah. very slowly and very threateningly. Yeah. So um, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that a lot. I like what it's doing. Yeah, I think they do a good job, like, not showing too much, uh, even when they do show stuff. Like, there's definitely gore. Like, it's about an autopsy, right? But um, I think there may be a little bit of an over-reliance on jump scares, but I think there is enough atmospheric stuff as well. To support it. Yeah, I think there's some nice, good, like, quiet tension-building moments where I don't mind having the jump scares as well, like, kind of mixed in. I think it's a good mix. So, yeah, I like four. Uh, Next up is watchability. How easy is it to just throw the movie on and have a good time? Uh, I think this is maybe the strength of the movie. I'd probably give this four as well. Yeah, I think think a four is pretty good, personally. Um, What did you rate it for scariness? Uh, four. four so. Yeah. so I think it just goes down really smooth. I think it's crazy. Uh, it's quick. Yeah. It's it's fairly simple premise. Uh, fairly standard horror movie experience. If you're just looking to get like something creepy and see something new, like this is a really good one. I feel like this would be a great movie to like introduce somebody to the horror genre who doesn't really like get it. 
if that makes sense. Mm, I have a big list of movies like that, though. Sure, so. I just feel like this is like kind of distilled down to like everything a horror movie really needs to have in it's it. It's very standard issue. I will agree you know, with you there, but not in a bad way. No, I think there's like just enough kind of thematic content going on. They make it very clear to be like, yes, this is also about like human interpersonal relationships. It's not just literally a haunting story. Like all, sure, sure. All haunting ghost stories are about like people kind of confronting their past uh, grievances, right? Um, At the end of the day, yeah. Which is definitely yeah. what's going on with this like father-son duo you know they have like this kind of unfinished business that is like coming through as part of this and they like band together but then they're torn apart at the yeah end, it doesn't so. have a happy ending but they they get there a little but bit. i think you like care about these characters a yeah. little bit they uh, have a confrontation nice. of yeah. that issue so i think there's like just enough characterization and like charisma in the performances that you like care how things work out for them um while also just being drawn in by, here's this really creepy corpse, and I want to know what's going on with her. I want to solve the yeah. mystery. It's you a know? little bit, yeah, it is very mystery yeah. in that way. Um, so yeah, I think that all adds to the watchability. And then last is the Vincent Price vamp rating. Uh, the campiness and overall performances. I think this is a three for me. I think it's a lot of fairly solid performances. I love Brian Cox. Um... Even the woman playing the corpse just lay in there. Like, she's vamping. Like She is serving it is a performance. as a corpse. Like, it, it is, is a performance. It is Absolutely. really hard to just sit there laying perfectly still with that creepy expression on your face yeah, and, like, sell sure. it perfectly to I, I was joking earlier that it was an easy role, but it's not really Yeah. at the um, end of the day. Plus, there's, there's just some kind of, like, silly stuff at the end with, like, New England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that... There's just enough, like, goofiness that I'm laughing at that I think it gives it a little campy points, which I think, yeah, the performances, there are some good ones. I do think Emile Hirsch tie a little bit less the movie down at parts. Um, there's definitely, like, it could be... I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's doing a bad job or anything. There are, just, there are moments. I think the, like, sheriff character is, is fun for me, just because <laughs> typecasting that actor as playing the... The, uh, you know, Virginia Sheriff is very funny. It's like against playing against type. So it's fun. Yeah, you don't really see him a lot, but he's there. Um, so, yeah, I like three. I think, uh, you know, it's not perfect or anything, but it's it's enough fun to keep you engaged. For sure. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good option. It's a good one for you to want to see because I was wanting to see it again as well. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think like. You know, not every horror movie needs to, like, really break the form and do something, like, totally unexpected and be, like, super heavy on its themes. It's okay to just have, like, yeah, kind of a well-written novel script and idea with some decent performances and, like, some d decent directorial touches. And, like, that can be a great movie, you know? I completely agree with that. I think there are some really good just normal movies to be made Yeah. at the end of the day for the genre. So, normal, good movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's normal. <laughs> um, anything else for this one? I don't think so. With that, do you want to get into it? It's sack I just wanted to see how long it could go. Bring me the movie sack. This is our final segment. This is how we decide what movie we're going to watch next see, week. See, 
You kind of roasted me last week. Now listen. I have a bit of a grievance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Opal's grievances. Secret final segment. You. You. <laughs> I accused you of maybe a little bit being a little heavy handed with the mid 2010s movies, which I acknowledge is kind of your horror movie wheelhouse. It's when I got into horror movies a lot more and started paying a lot more attention for sure. Um, and this one, of course, mid 2010s movie. However, you, you said that right before you pulled this movie, which exactly encompasses what you were talking about. However, <laughs> I, the only reason you put it in there is because I said I wanted to watch it specifically. Yeah. And it was a good time. So if we end up pulling another one, that's and it's a good time, then um, that's fine. I will say two of eight may meet that criteria. But they're in there for a reason. Yeah. So I guess, again, to explain the mechanics, we pull a, a name out of a sack. Opal, you decide what goes in the sack. I pull a random one that comes out. To everyone's out. detriment, it's my choice what goes in the sack. You're the keeper of the sack. You keep it provision. I think you do a great job. I thank you. <laughs> what if I just started crying? <laughs> well, next week, we'll be watching Good Night, Mommy. Oh, God damn it! This is... This is another. <laughs> I can't. I'm pulling them out. I'm pulling them all out. Uh, all right. So this is. Uh, I just can't get made fun of anymore. <laughs> I roast you one time. Uh, this is a 2014 Austrian horror film. Uh, I don't think I've seen it. No, you have not. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. All right. Uh, so look forward to that one. It's a weird one. Next week. Listen, as long as it's a good time, I don't care what year it's from. All right. If you say so. All right. Well, that's going to do it uh, for our episode. Uh, Opal, where can people find you on the internet if they want to uh, roast your horror movie taste? Oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will fall apart. <laughs> um, They're you falling can, apart. You can find me at opal.card.co you can find my links to stuff you can find my twitter tumblr whatever you want from me i don't know what you want from me and you can find our twitter as scary bear uh send us your thoughts on uh mortuary practices don't actually i don't Make sure to uh, uh, like, like, and subscribe, and share with your friends. If yeah, you that'd enjoy, be great. Do that at least. If you enjoyed the show, yeah, you know, you can leave us like a review or whatever. Uh, Only if you like it, though. You could you could retweet while we post the episode. Sure. Anything helps. Uh, I'm at putrid underscore imp on Twitter. Uh, I also have another podcast uh, at Level With You Pod. It's a World of Warcraft classic podcast. Uh, once a week, play a little uh, WoW classic every week. You can listen to that. You don't have to like WoW to enjoy the podcast. Just about video games. That's right. And uh, Opal, um, watch out! Oh no, it's the toe bell. Oh no! Oh no! It's Saw actor Tobin Bell. <laughs> Tobin Bell. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. I, I really don't like it when you make fun of me like that. <clears throat> I don't want to play a game. I don't want to play anymore. Actually, I, I'd really rather not. I know I'm going to be in Saw 10 this year, but please. Oh, my God. <laughs>
Maybe he does. He still wants to play. Come on, let him play. He's, let him play. Uh, yeah, get, <laughs> give him one more game. Get, let him play. Come on, ref. Let him play. <laughs> Put me in. Put him in, ref. <laughs> let the man cook. Uh, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Good night and so long. <laughs>